Alright, another Cash Medi podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Padres, strictly the Padres. Um, let's start with the sponsor though from La Jolla Chevron. When in La Jolla, don't forget to visit La Jolla Chevron and Extra Mile Convenience Store at 7475 La Jolla Boulevard, La Jolla, California. Tell Chris, the owner, that I sent you. Alright, so let's start with the Padres. Um... Uh, they had a tough game today, blew it in the basically in the seventh inning. They were up 5-2. I thought they were going to win. They brought in Winginter. He kind of struggled. He walked a guy, and then he gave up a hit or something. I don't know. He gave up a couple hits. He usually is pretty good as long as he doesn't walk guys. When he walks guys, that's when he struggles. And then Stammen, you know, Stammen looks like he was tired or I don't know. He didn't look that good. He, I mean, he didn't give any, any rockets. I don't think any balls were hit that hard. He kind of got unlucky, and they gave up a loss, and they're 500, and it seems like people are flipping out, so I wanted to come on and do a podcast today because people are going crazy, and oh, what are they going to do, and blah, blah, blah. Dude, this isn't their year. I predicted they'd go 80 and 82 this year. I think they're doing a little bit better than I thought they would actually do, considering the fact that Fernando Tatis has missed, I don't know. How many games has he missed? It's got to be over 30 games. Um, and they kind of weathered the storm. I think there are four games above 500 with him, and now they're at 500. But, I mean, he's a marquee player. He's defense, speed, power, batting average, top of the order, wherever you wanted to put him. You, you could put him in the middle of the order, whatever. I mean, losing him is, is has really hurt the team. Um, they got so many injuries that it's just piling up on them. And I actually think they've done a little bit better than what, you know, you would think with all the injuries uh, being at marquee players or, or marquee positions. I mean, losing Castillo, the reliever really hurt him, Jose Castillo, because I think that was probably their best setup, man, him and him and Stammen going into the season for Yates. I mean, if you had Castillo, how many times would, would Ye- uh, Stammen be a lot more fresh then you you don't have to use them as much. It feels like every win that they've had to get, they've had to burn out Stammen and Yates. And eventually it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. There's not really much that I think that uh, Andy Green can do in those situations. I mean, there's been a few times I felt like he's overused him, but for the most part, I think Andy Green's actually done okay of a job. I don't think he's that good of a manager. I would like to replace him, but I don't think he's necessarily the biggest problem either. So let's let's move on. Let's move to like the team and where the direction I feel like they're going to go in, and you know, because it sounds like Tatis is going to be back tomorrow. I'm doing this podcast on a Wednesday. Sounds like he's going to be back tomorrow, which would be great. I mean, you get him back, and you know, put him at. I guess they're going to put him at the top of the order. I wouldn't. I would put him as a number two hitter. I'd probably leave Garcia at one. I'd probably put Tatis two. I would. Uh, I'd probably put Machado three, Hosmer four, and I'd probably put Reyes five. I think Reyes, I mean, you could leave him at two. He's got 19 home runs, 31 RBIs. And I know someone put a thing that says that he's had more opportunities with the runners in scoring position of his at-bats than Hosmer and Machado, his percentages of his at-bats. Um, he does struggle. It's it's pretty obvious. He he looks like a player that struggles with runners on, and when guys aren't on, 
he he hits home runs and and has you know is better off. I mean, he's young. That stuff like that happens. But I think if you keep putting him in situations with runners on, I think eventually he's going to hit more and more and get better and get more comfortable for it. I don't know. If you want to keep him at the two hole, that's fine. You want to put Tatis at the one, I guess that's fine. But I think Garcia's getting on enough. Uh, I like Tatis more with people on base than than just wasting his at-bats, I feel like. Because he's just too good of a hitter, I think, in the one hole. I think he's he drives the ball. He, and by the way, he's healthy. I've been watching him these last two games. He's really healthy. I mean, I told you guys on the last podcast that I did. My uncle, you know, showed video and everyone flipped out. And I told people to relax. He's fine. And that, you know, because I had talked to my uncle. I'm like, everyone's flipping out. Don't you think they're overreacting? He was like, yeah, a little bit. But it is a little concerning. And I was like, yeah, but he's not going to he's not gonna go full on in some, you know, side game that doesn't even matter. Like, if he hits a line drive to left field, he's not going to just go full speed on it. The game doesn't matter, you know. But defensively, he looked really good. He was moving around. He, was, I mean, he got a walk his first at-bat on Monday, and he stole second base. And right there, I was like, okay, this guy's confident enough to steal. He's confident enough with his legs, his hamstring. That's, that's a player that's 100%, or feels like he's 100%. Maybe he's not exactly 100%, but I'm pretty sure he's 100% right now. He, he hit a chopper. I think he beat it out or, or what have you. Um, I think he got an infield single or something, or maybe he didn't even get an infield single. He got thrown out, but he was real close. I forget. Uh, defensively, he, there was a chopper. He barehanded it. He threw it. You know, he's running fine. He's going to be fine. I'm almost positive he's going to be on the team tomorrow. I mean, that's what AC said. But who knows with AC? Because AC is one of the biggest bums in this town, and we have a lot of bums in this town, a lot. And AC probably is. At, he's got to be on Mount Rushmore top four bums in this town. But I think, I think he. he I mean, there's no way AC. If AC gets that one wrong, oh my God! Because I mean, he's he's basically the franchise to tease him and Machado. If you don't know when that guy's coming back, and you basically tweeted out that yeah, he's gonna come back tomorrow, or or source said crap, because they always you know they hide behind the source said, because then they can say oh well then I was source told me that I'm sorry you know but what have you. Um. It's going to be nice getting him back, though. I think he's going to give him a spark. I think Machado let – me, let me talk about – I think Machado's going to get it going pretty soon, too, because I think Machado misses playing with Tatis. I think he had a little energy with – you know, I mean, those guys look like they're going to be best friends. Those guys know they're both the most talented players, probably, you know, top 5% talented players in the, in the whole league, literally. I mean, those guys could do so good defensively. Machado made two or three – Great plays again defensively today. He got two hits. Maybe he's coming out of it a little bit. I don't know. I'm not going to say he's coming out of it after one game with two hits. He did hit a grand slam the other day, but he was, I believe, 0 for 16 prior to that. Um, but I think he's, I think he's going to start coming out of it because I predicted the first two months he would struggle. And you got you got that Davy guy. I, I don't know if he's got mental issues or what's going on with him, but I think he's trying to 
I don't know what he's doing. He's trying to prove a point that no one can come here and hit, which is so stupid because, I mean, Hosmer is hitting this year, and he said, well, Hosmer was part of his theory that, oh, Hosmer can't hit either. We signed him. Well, Hosmer's hitting 285 right now, although he's starting. And that's funny because he's in a slump, and he's still hitting 285. Um. As far as Machado, though, I mean, I predicted on my periscopes, and I know some of you guys have listened to those, I predicted he would struggle the first month and a half to two months. And I said two months, and I I was said first month for sure, and I said two months. And then he got hot at the end of the end of April and, and most of May. He got it going, and I was actually impressed, and then he, he went back to a slump. But that's probably just a normal slump that goes through the season. That his last slump, slump that he was in was is probably not due to the reasons why I thought he would struggle. You know, the first month and a half to two months. The reason why I thought he was going to struggle the first two months, whatever, was he signed real late. Uh, he missed most of training camp. I mean, they were already or spring training. They were already playing games in spring training or real close to playing games when he signed. And then, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys, yeah, I think they're already playing games. A lot of these guys have a routine, you know. They got a, they got a rhythm, a routine. So let's say, okay, his, his season ended in the end of October because the Dodgers made the playoffs and he was on the Dodgers. So let's say you're him. You go into November and you're like, all right, I need to relax. It's a long, it's been a long season. Played the most extra games I've ever played. Because this guy plays every game too. That's another thing that you know people don't realize on him. He's not Bryce Harper and missing games due to injuries or other players. This guy plays every game. Or mo- 95 over 95% of his games. So he plays a long season. Um a draining season of getting traded halfway through the year, going through the playoffs. He's got his ups and downs. He's probably on a real high, goes to the World Series, they lose. Then he's got the biggest offseason coming up because he's going to sign a $300 million contract. He's probably visiting teams left and right. He he probably relaxed the first month, you know, and just said, hey, agent, you could talk to whoever, what have you. I'm going to relax for a month, you know, just – just to get my body right, just to relax. Everybody's body needs to relax at times. Then he probably, in December, started working out a little bit here and there. And then January, he's probably like, hey, well, I haven't signed yet. And mentally, is probably fucking with him. And he's going through a lot, probably with his family. Like, it ain't just, hey, I signed with San Diego, I snapped my fingers, and I'm living in San Diego all of a sudden, dude. You sign with San Diego, you're moving your whole family. Uh, I guarantee his wife was involved in, in they probably were, were, he was probably stressed out at times, like, what am I going to sign? Uh, it's, it's, it, you know, it's the biggest decision or one of the biggest decisions of his life. Where he's going to sign, where he's going to be the next 10 years, basically where he's going to raise his family. He kept talking about family, 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 family. Well, he ain't, the, he ain't the only one that made that decision to come to San Diego. I, I can almost guarantee you that. I'm sure his wife, I'm sure the rest of his family, you know, was saying yes or no. Or, you know, giving an influence on where they wanted to go or what have you. So, I think mentally is probably he was kind of fucked up for this offseason. 
And then I don't think he was in the rhythm, in the routine to come into the season. And baseball is all timing. So anyone just thinks that you're just going to go up there and, oh, he's Manny Machado. How many, how many swings does he really need? There's a reason why they go to spring training as early as they do. I don't know what it is, but obviously there's a reason for it. Um, you know, I'm not a baseball player. I don't know. But there's a reason why they get their bodies ready at that time and and go through the programs that they go through. And he wasn't doing that. You could say, well, he was working out on the side or hitting off the tee or blah, blah, blah. It's not the same, dude. There's no way it's the same. There's a reason why. They don't just say, hey, every player, you guys train on your own and then we'll see you, uh, we'll see you opening day. No, they don't do that. So I guarantee he was out of his rhythm. You know, didn't have the routine, and I, I think that's why he struggled. I think he'll have a much better second half, and he could struggle all season. Like, he could be a 250 hitter all year and hit 25 home runs and only drive in 75, 80 RBIs, and everyone's going to say, oh, my God, he sucks, fucking they wasted money, this and that. I'll guarantee he has a much better season next year. I can guarantee that as long as he stays healthy. One is Tatis is going to be in front of him, you know, most likely batting in front of him, and you're going to have a, a uh, an elite player getting on. His 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 numbers with runs and scoring position are really good. So if you put more ducks on the pond, I think he's going to be fine. And then he's going to have a whole off season where he's going to know the day he's going to work out everything. His his family's going to be home, uh, relaxed. You know, he's going to feel a lot more comfortable. I guarantee he hasn't felt comfortable, and I guarantee he still doesn't feel comfortable in San Diego yet. So once he gets comfortable, he's going to start balling. Um, I'd like to talk about one thing moving on. I'd like to talk about, like, should they trade Yates or Renfro? Or should they, you know, should they be buyers or sellers? I think they should definitely be sellers. Um, I don't think they have to sell anyone, you know, because there's no one that's only on a one-year deal that's worth worth a damn that you you would say, well, just get rid of them because you're not going to win it all this year. But as far as Yates, I believe Yates is 22 for 22 on saves. I could be wrong on that. I would sell Yates. I would definitely sell him. Buy low, sell high, man. You sell high on Yates. If you could get another, you should be able to get another top 50 prospect. I don't see why not. I know Han might have had an extra year on the contract, but he ain't nowhere close to what Yates has been. You got a year and a half of Yates if you're a contending team and you're one of these teams that feels like you're going to win a World Series, I don't see how in the world you wouldn't want a guy like him. Because a guy like Yates could put you over the top. Because even if you have a a real good closer, you might say, well, we're going to put him in the eighth inning, um, the closer that you have right now, and then Yates for the ninth. I mean, Yates right now, his numbers are number one. I don't, I don't know if you would say he's the best closer in baseball, but he's pitching like it. I mean, he is lights out. Every time he comes in, I'm like, oh, he's probably going to blow one of these games. I don't think he's going to, like in my mindset, but shit, I'm like, you can't expect him to just keep bailing us out and, and getting a save. And he does it every time. And, and it seems like a lot of the games that he's had a save, they've only been up by one run, too. I don't know what the numbers are on that, but I would say at least double digits. I would say, I'd say at least close to 14 of those 22 saves, I believe he has. I would say are, it was a one-run game. I'd say 12 or, 12 or 14 of those. Um, so, 
Sorry, I'm just watching the NBA Finals and Draymond Green just shot an air ball on a three. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, and then people will, will say, well, we're going to be worried about the bullpen next year because we want to make the playoffs next year. And I think they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a playoff team next year. I guarantee that Vegas will have the over-under, I don't know, from anywhere from anything less than 82 wins, uh, I'm taking the uh, over. I would, I would guess it would probably be around 83, 84 wins. And the Padres are going to be a really good team next year. Just mark my words on that. I, don't, I really don't see how they won't be unless they just have a bunch of injuries. Now, the bullpen, I feel like, is going to be a strength next year. Let's say they got rid of Yates. Okay. But they, they got like a – the reason why I want to get rid of Yates is I think you need to go get a leadoff hitter, center fielder, something. I'm not selling him – I'm not trading Yates – just to trade him. Like Brad Hand, I felt last year they had to trade him. Or, you know, other guys that, you know, have had good seasons here and there. And you know that you're three, four years away from being a contender. You need to trade the guy because it's, it's worthless to have him. You know, whether it was um, Mike Adams years ago or, or uh, who was it? Um, What was the guy that, uh, Fernando Rodney, whoever, whoever they put in, Hudson Street, you just trade those guys just to trade them, basically. This one, you don't, you could keep them. If they kept Yates, I wouldn't be like, what the hell are they doing? They should have traded him. I know Preller only trades if he's going to get something he really likes. So he, I feel confident in Preller that he's not going to just, oh, I have to trade Yates, so I'll just, you know, I'll take someone's you know, seventh prospect or something. No, he's going to get someone's top five prospect. He's going to get, I would assume, a top 50, a top 50 prospect. And if you do, you trade him. And even if you trade him, like, because I was talking with my uncle, he's like, well, what if they just got, like, whatever. Let's let's say they got, let's say they got um, someone's top 50 prospect, but he's a shortstop. You'd be like, well, why do you, you need a, another shortstop? The reason why you would do that, if the player is very, is, is valuable, you trade that player and package, you know, whatever you want for, you know, an ace, whatever. You always stockpile your form system. It doesn't matter what the positions are because you could always trade. So don't ever worry about positions. And that's, that goes to the draft. They drafted that C.J. Abrams kid. And some people are like, well, why did they draft a, a, a shortstop? Well, you just draft the best players. Don't worry about where they play. Just load up on the players. This isn't the NBA draft. This isn't the NFL draft. It's not... You're not stockpiling that way. Um, you draft the best player. You don't draft for need. You draft player, and then you could always trade and you know package players to get a better player at the position that you need. Plus that Abrams kid. Uh, I don't know if Mike Costas knows this, but he's projected he could play center field too. So Mike Costas is an idiot, by the way. Okay, so the reason why I think the bullpen, let's say they even got rid of Yates. Now, the closer position I'd be a little worried on, but I'm telling you, I think Wingington is going to be a lot better next year. All he has to do is learn his control because his stuff is filthy. I mean, he could throw in the high 90s, 97, and he's got a nasty slider. You only need two pitches as a reliever. I think Castillo is really good, and people forget about him. You know, they always make fun of the Padres on the Trey Turner trade with Will Myers, but they never talk about Castillo. Castillo was part of that deal, too. The guy I really like is Baez. Michelle Baez, I've been watching down, I've been watching on the, the minor league stuff. He is 97, 98, 
the fastball has got movement, and he's placing it, and then he's dropping a changeup, and then occasionally he drops, he, he throws a curveball. The reason why I like him, he could be a starter, but he's almost like Paddock, where where it's like two pitches, like two really good pitches, and then the the curveball is kind of like, eh. I think he'd be a much better reliever. And I would really like him as a 7th, 8th inning guy, whatever. Maybe the first year you put him in the 6th inning type of guy. But I, I really like I really like uh, Bias. He, he is, he, I was really low on him last year. Maybe the back was really hurt. I don't know if it bothered him all season long. But whatever it is, he looks totally different. I like him as a reliever. I hope they keep him there. I think he'll be really good next year. Munez, everyone knows about him. Guy strikes everybody out, throws over 100 and something miles an hour. Um, problem with him is he's walking too many guys. But if he can control it a little bit better, he's only 20, I believe. If he's, you know, that could be your future closer by 2021. Maybe next year he's your sixth inning guy to start the season. Then he develops into a seventh inning, you know, by midseason. Maybe by 2021, he's your eighth inning guy. 2022, he's your closer. Something like that. And our 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 um, our uh, pitching coach Balsley is really good at developing relievers. You know, I mean, we've always had guys that are setup guys, and then eventually closers, and they become badass closers. So uh, I think he could find a way to to get a closer. Maybe at the beginning of the year, you don't have your shutdown closer, and you. You know, and you and you wish you had Yates, but if you could get a leadoff hitter, preferably a center fielder, I would I would trade Yates. Another guy that I think is going to be in the bullpen is either Strom or Lament. I'm thinking it's going to be Strom because they sound like they like Lament as a starter. From what Dennis Lynn has said, I think Strom is better off in the bullpen. He's he's been throwing 90, 91 all season long, occasionally 92. Last year he was 94, 95, occasionally 96 in the bullpen. So I think he's better off in the bullpen. I think that's where he, he should be. As for, he should be starting this year because they need starters. And I'll get to the starters for next year. I don't think they're going to need starters. Lament, either, either one of them. Lament's throwing 97-98. I watched him pitch yesterday. If you're just looking at a box score, you're going to be like, oh, he sucked. Oh, my God, he, you know, he's in trouble. Don't look at a box score. Who cares? Especially when they're coming back from rehab. He threw a lot of pitches. I think he threw 60. I think the first game he threw like Close to 50, I believe. It's all about his pitches. And his stuff is fine. He just, he he, he was, he looks rusty. He looks rusty. He, he hasn't pitched in a year and a half. He, of course he's going to look rusty. So, um, I think he's going to be either a starter or a reliever. He could be a closer. Him, Baez, Munoz, they could all be closers. Winninger, maybe. They all have closer stuff. And you still have Stammen. I think Stammen's going to be one of your... Not being your high leverage, not being one of the high leverage relievers. If they do keep Yates, I think they'll have the best bullpen. They'll probably have the best bullpen in baseball next year. Because if you have Yates in the in the ninth inning, and you have Baez, Buñoz, Winningcher, Castillo, and Strom as your setup guys, and I don't even care, you could and Stammen, and you could figure out who's the sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever. I think you're going to have the best bullpen in baseball next year if you keep kept Yates. Now, if you traded Yates, you, the only concern I would have is who's your closer. I don't think you could just throw anyone out there. So I do understand 
what people are saying. The only thing on Yates is I believe he's, what is he, 32 or 33, and he's going to be, he's only got one year left after this year. So, look, only trade him, though, if you sell high. It has to be for sell high. As far as the starters go for next year, Gore's really good. I mean, I don't know why he's not in double-A. He should be in double-A pretty much now. I think he only pitched two innings today. I watched him again. He started using the curveball more. It was nasty. Um, I mean, he's really good. He's he's 94 to 96. Well, he's, he's about 93 to 95, uh, you know, hitting the corners. He'll get it up to 96, 97 whenever he wants, but... I mean, he hits the corners. He goes in and out. He's he's got a good curveball. Changeup's filthy. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be on the opening day roster. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if he's your opening day pitcher. I mean, if he came up right now, I think he'd be the best pitcher on the team. He's just not. You don't want to send a guy from single A all the way up to the majors. But I don't think he's gonna need much time in double A. Just the rest of this season in double A. I know his innings is, is getting up there because he only threw 60 innings, I believe, last year, and I think he's already over 50 this year or close to 50. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he'll throw 100 innings this year, and then next year you shouldn't, or over 100 innings, and then next year I don't think you should have a problem innings-wise with him. If you do, I, very limited. Paddock, you're not going to have a trouble with innings-wise. Paddock's kind of gotten hit, hit up a little bit recently, and... I thought people were overreacting a little bit at the beginning of the season on Paddock because he kind of worried me on just still being a two-pitch pitcher. If he gets that third pitch, I think he could be a really good number two, maybe even an ace. I don't, I wouldn't bet on him ever really being an ace. I do think, though, that he could be a really good number three, really good, and then a pretty good number two even if he doesn't really develop the third pitch. The problem with him right now, I mean, he, he throws a curveball, so he throws three pitches. He just it hasn't been that effective. The problem with him right now is he gets ahead and count 1-2-0-2, and he's still throwing it like it's catching way too much of the plate, way too much. He needs to waste some pitches. He needs to learn how to pitch. That's going to come. That's going to come. I think, by, I think by next year he's going to be a different pitcher. It is worrying me that the velocity has gone down recently, it seems like. I know that Mets game, he was throwing like 96, 97 most of the game. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like now he's a 92, 93 type of pitcher. I don't know. That's concerning. Maybe his arm is a little fatigued. I mean, we'll see. So you're going to have a one-two punch of him and Paddock, or him and Gore. And then... Hopefully you have Richards at three for for your third, and either Lament or Strom, whichever one you want, for four, and then five. You could have so many. They're going to have such depth. Lucchese, Lauer, and Lucchese would be a really good bullpen guy, I think. But the way he, Lucchese and Lauer have been pitching, both of those guys right now deserve to be starters. I mean, those are, those guys are pitching really good lately. Um, most consistent pitchers lately. And they've been the two best pitchers the last, I don't know, five starts for each guy. The last five starts for all the starters, I would say Lucchese and Lauer have looked the best by far. I don't even think it's close. Um, so one of those guys be a five. The other one could be in the bullpen and, and be like, you know, Erlen. And if it's Lucchese, I think you could use him in, in 
more situations than if it's lower. I think if it's lower, you just use them for long relief and what have you. Then you would have, that's five starters. Then you would have depth-wise of Morahan, Logan Allen, Quantrill, and then possibly Patino. And possibly Morahan, because Morahan, he needs to stay healthy. That's Stuff-wise is amazing. He, he has as good stuff as anyone that's not named Gore. As far as um, Quantrill, I thought looked really good today. Really good. That was probably the best I've seen him in a while. His stuff looked really good. It's totally different than the stuff that he's had in the minors. I don't I don't get it. Like in the minors, he's like 91, 92, and his fastball's flat. And I've been watching him for two years. Now a lot of people kept telling me, well, what about the Tommy John? Maybe it's just, you know. I guess it took him a while. That could be it. But even when he goes down on these, like, because he's been sent down like twice, I think. Even when he goes down there in the minors, he, he gets stroked again. Like, and his fastball will be flat. Then he comes up here and he's throwing 95, 96. And that fastball today had some movement, just a little bit, little tail. And a little tail to left-handers and come in on right-handers. Just a little bit of movement when you're throwing that fast is pretty good. Because his changeup's good and his slider's gotten a lot better. His slider was good last year. It was pretty good. The first year in 2017, I watched him. He didn't even throw a slider. I think that was because he didn't, because he had the Tommy John. He didn't want to throw a breaking ball. So, and that concerns me with Lament, although I've been seeing him throw the slider. It hasn't been consistent, but I've been seeing him throw it. Um, you know, the first year coming back from Tommy John, you're, you're probably not going to use your breaking ball that much. So, that's why I think Quantrill, I knew his slider would be better you know, this year and last year than it was in 2017 because coming off of the Tommy John. But, like, his stuff is just way better. He could even be a five. I mean, they're going to have so much depth if they don't trade anyone. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll trade for an ace. I mean, you could do that. And that's another thing. If you trade, if you trade Yates, you get another prospect, you could throw that prospect into the deal to get a, a marquee ace, you know, a center guard, a power, whatever. You know, you just always load up on it. So another guy that I would consider training is Renfro. I like Renfro. I think Renfro is a good fourth outfielder. I mean, he's obviously better than just a fourth outfielder. I mean, he's got, he hits for pop. He's got, he hits bombs. It's just when he plays every day, I don't, I think they find his weaknesses and he gets in bad habits. He doesn't walk enough. I think you know what he is. I mean, he's going to hit 30 home runs, and he's basically, he's going to play 60, you know, I don't know, 60 to 70% of the games. And he's still going to hit 30 home runs. I think he has 17 home runs already. I mean, the guy, but if someone wants him and like a Patino in a deal to get, you know, a Bauer or something like that, I'm doing it. I mean, as long as you're signing Bauer for at least like another year or two. But I'm doing it because... You know, I think Josh Naylor is pretty good, and he's a left-handed bat. So I would consider that. And obviously Reyes is better than Renfro. I know some people probably think Renfro's better, but Reyes is 23. You don't trade a 23-year-old that's going to hit probably close to 50 home runs. He's going to hit over 40 home runs. Renfro's been really good defensively this year. I don't believe in the defensive metrics. I think 
they have them like top 10 outfielder as far as defensive metrics. I feel like that's a bunch of crap, but if you want to believe in that shit, that that's up to you. Uh, but he has been a lot better defensively this year than he has in the past. So I think his value is high. You want to sell high on him? I'm cool with that, dude. But you don't have to trade him. That's the thing. You don't have to trade him. But if you do and you really, really like a deal, then I would do it. As far as – I'll end it on this. As far as the <coughs> – excuse me. As far as the rest of the season goes and stuff, I think they'll hover around 500, probably below 500 because I think the starting pitching – I mean, if Paddock's not going to – my concern is Paddock right now. Um, I mean, I'm sure he'll be better than what he's been these last four starts. Three of them he's gotten roughed up. He had one real good one against Arizona. But um, if he's not going to get better, plus you got Strom now going on the DL. Sounds like his ribs were hurt, but I think that's probably – I mean, they got to save those guys' innings. They can't just go from – you know, 90 innings that Paddock threw last year. I don't know what Strom threw. You, you can't just, you know, double it. So the innings limit's going to probably hurt them there. I don't know where they're going to get the starts from. I know Quantrill, Quantrill should be in there. And, you know, it looks like Margavicious is probably going to get another start or two. I mean, those are, those are losses. Every time he pitches, it's pretty much going to be a loss. So I don't think they have enough starting pitching to – you know, stay in the wild card. They're at 500. I don't know how many games they are out. I, I don't mean look anymore because I don't, I, don't, I don't think they're a wild card team. I really don't. Tatis will give them a spark. I think the offense is going to be better than what it's been this so far this season. It looks like they're starting to, they're starting to um, come around with the bats. I mean, they scored a bunch of runs against the Phillies. It wasn't the, it wasn't the bats that lost the games. Not, not at all. It was definitely the the pitching, so, but I think the bats are going to come be a lot more consistent. Kinsler's starting to hit a little bit. Myers is really coming around. I'm not a big Myers fan just because I just don't like the way he plays. He just, he should be better than what he is. He's not. Um, I don't care, you know, oh, he's got a war of this. It's not that bad. I don't really care. I, I watch it. He's not that good. He, he's been pretty good defensively in center field. He's coming around hitting and my uncle made a point that might be true where he had to learn center field basically that maybe it fucked with his, his, um, with his hitting because he, he focused so much on learning how to play center field that it might have fucked with his hitting. So I'll give him that. But, I mean, he's a disappointment. If they can unload him somehow, if he could give him some value. He's starting to walk. That's impressive. Because he used to never really walk. He used to just strike out. He still strikes out so much, but I don't know. I mean, I, I will give him this. He hasn't complained about anything. All the positions that he's played, left field, right field, center field, first base, third base. I mean, that's got to mess with your head a little bit. So maybe he has a big second half. I wouldn't be surprised. As far as Hosmer goes, I think Hosmer's had a really good season. He's going into a slump right now. I think the slump... The thing with Hosmer is his slumps are long slumps. That's the problem. Then he gets hot for a week. He's kind of an inconsistent player. But he's been pretty consistent for about a month and a half or about five weeks. And then this last week, I think he's he's in a – it looks like he's going to be in a slump. I hope it only lasts, you know, maybe through this weekend and then he's out of it by next week, hopefully. But he's been pretty solid all season long. 
like I said, Machado will be fine. Um, Reyes is good. I mean, as far as the catch, catching position goes, I would like to see Mejia start playing a lot more. Let's see what he can do in the second half. We know what Austin Austin Hedges is. He's a 200 hitter with really good defense. And, okay, I mean, that's a cool story and everything. He's fine. if Austin Hedges is fine. If he's your number eight hitter and your one through seven is really good and your pitching staff's really good, like, that's fine. I don't, you know, that, that's cool. I don't care. He could be a starter on a World Series team. I'm not saying he can't. But let's see what Mejia can do before next year. I want to see him get, you know, a shitload of at-bats before next year. Uh, as far as Urias goes, I mean, Kinsler and Garcia, I think this last month have, have really done their job. I don't, I don't know if I would make that. I don't know if I'd bring Urias up yet. I maybe wait. I don't know. I don't. Kinsler. I know everyone on Twitter hates him, and and I don't like the guy. I mean, he sucks and everything. But I mean, he's kind of doing a lot better lately. I mean, he's you're getting better at bats from him. I mean, the first month he was god awful. This last month he's been all right. His defense. I don't know what happened to it, but but I mean that's pretty much all I got for today. So, go Padres. Like I said, the main thing, though, is I pretty much would probably sell Yates. Going to, next year is going to be a lot better. Some of you people are jumping off the cliff. You know, oh, my God, they're not going to make the playoffs. This year wasn't – if they made the playoffs, great. If they don't, okay, do not mess anything up for next year in 2021, 2022. Do not trade anyone that's valuable for that. Do not, you know – don't try to get a one-year rental guy or or something that will just help you to try to make the playoffs this year. It's making the playoffs this year that doesn't that doesn't do anything. Who cares? I mean, it would be cool if they did it. You know, you don't have to say people on Twitter's oh how long the drought's been or whatever. I mean, sure that'd be cool, but you better not mortgage any of the the players for it for the next couple of years. So that's all I got. All right. Hopefully some of you guys will start retweeting these things and maybe build up a little audience a little bit more. All right.